Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Think about uh, Paul as he's the writer here and what he had uh, been through prior to being saved, what he attempted to do and what he accomplished and thought he was doing good. And then to go through what he went through and everywhere he went, you know, he'd always check out. I'm sure he checked out to jail because he'd soon be there. But as he writes, as we read tonight, he said, let this mind be in you. That is the mind of Jesus, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and made of him in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to, to the glory of God the Father. You may be seated. Well, just a few days from now, There'll be a, we'll be celebrating the greatest event ever. If you haven't got your shopping done, I feel sorry for you. I do not plan to go anywhere close to town unless it's an absolute go to town. Uh, the country's bad enough. Um, but the whole world's going to be focusing on this one event called Christmas. When we think about Christmas, uh, you know, offices are going to be closed. The mail's not going to run. What about uh, all these old boys that have to deliver packages? Uh, wow. Daryl could stand right now and give a testimony concerning uh, what an easy time it was when he drove a truck for UPS during Christmas. That's why he's so strong today. That's why it's hard to hold him down today. He's on the run. But I think about these, these people who... Um, are doing their best the last few minutes to get everything done uh, that's supposed to get done. And on that day, for 24 hours, we'll be celebrating uh, the birthday of Jesus. Um, it's amazing that one event that happened over 2,000 years ago can cause so much traffic jams and delays in every place you go. Um, standing in line, ready to be checked out. And there's always somebody who's got something wrong with something and uh, waiting to get, uh, get the money. Uh, you know, a card or a check or... i never forget one place that we went one time and uh, I paid cash money. And I handed the lady exact amount. And she says to me, do you have an ID? <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm give you cash. I didn't say how when the stuff was printed, but she wanted an ID. Uh, but there's all kind of delays. So I think about what is so special about Christmas. We get so geared up in getting gifts. And, and I hear this, oh, well, they give us a gift last year. I've got to give them one this year. Hey, it suits me. Hey, this tend to the children. You know, we're adult. Uh, but, you know, it, here it goes. Uh, Lynn's brother's. And uh, my sister, and hey, it's always, well, what, what do you need? I told the boys, and I told my grandson, granddaddy don't need anything except for y'all to come home. And so we're looking forward uh, to them coming home. But Christmas is the centerpiece of history. 
It is his story told all the way from the manger to the cross to heaven and one day back here to earth. This passage of scripture here is probably the greatest explanation of who Jesus really was and what he came to accomplish. So I just thought about this title. What's so special about Christmas? Well, if you, if you took these figures here away, Mary and Joseph, and leave Jesus there, that's where the center of attention is, okay? It's on Jesus. Uh, even though when you think about Joseph and all he went through, and you think about Mary and all she went through prior to this birth, and then during the birth, and a few days after the birth, and all that was going on, you did not catch God, you, uh, you won't catch God off, off guard anywhere because it was all laid out. It was all planned and it all came together just in the nick of time. When we think about what he had to say here, I want you to think about the relevance of Christmas. Um, I'm not going to read verses 5 and 6 again. I already read those scriptures, but if you have your Bible open, you just want to look down. You see, God came to earth. That was big news. Shepherds heard it. Wise men followed a star. And I mean, on and on the stories go of, of people slowly but surely hearing that a child had been born. Um, you know, when Pearl Harbor was bombed, that was big news. At the close of the war, that was big news. But it wasn't near as big as when God made his presence known on this earth. And when we think about um, man going to the moon and walking around on the moon, that's big news. But still, it's not as big as when God landed on the earth and walked around. As the Bible says, and being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with him. He said, if you've seen the Father, or seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard me speak, you've heard the Father speak. I and the Father are one. This had the whole world confused. Even today, people say, I don't see how that can be. How can you have God the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and they're three, but yet they're one? How can, hey, you can't explain that. <laughs> that's, that's God's doings. But as a Christian, I believe in a real God as one person, okay? He is the creator of all things. I believe in one Jesus Christ who came to this earth, born as a baby, raised up, went to the cross, died, rose again, one Jesus. I believe in one Holy Spirit of God. I believe in one faith, one Lord, and one baptism. And if you could get the world to understand that, not try, don't try to figure it out. You know, there's one thing. There's some things you and I cannot figure out. So that's where our faith comes in, to have faith to believe that Jesus is Real, And that's what we're going to be celebrating here in a week. In fact, a week from today, we'll be celebrating the birth of our Lord. So it's relevant for today. It's also a reality. Christmas is a reality. And again, you hear people over and over again, are you ready for Christmas? Well, I know what they mean. Hey, yeah, I'm ready for Christmas. I'm ready for Jesus to come. And get us out of here and get us home with him so we will celebrate Christmas every day. You know, we'll be with him every day. And when I think about this event that took place, um, verses, verse 7 says, And made himself of no reputation, but took upon himself the form of a servant. I won't call anybody's names, but I was in a business down the, 
the road a little piece, and the man says, we had a couple leave our church and join Earl's Grove. I said, you did? I said, yeah. Who was that? And he told me. And said, I asked him, I said, what'd you leave our church for? He said, you didn't have nothing to offer. And I'm thinking, hey, not what First Baptist can offer, but what can we offer First Baptist? You know, what can we offer? What can we give? Now, when folk come, sure, they're looking for something, and it's up to us to make it real, okay? To make Jesus real uh, in their lives. And, and, you know, hey, this morning, uh, we had a pile of guests uh, in the house, and I hope that they felt welcome. And they probably were, you know, seeking, hey, what, let's go see what First Baptist is doing today, Okay? And we need to be about his business and showing them what we are doing, what we have uh, to offer here. When I think about these things, um, you know, in the Encyclopedia Britannica, there are more pages on the man called Jesus than any other man in the world. Just go look at it and follow it. And in, in, in um, my Schofield Bible, in the back where it says, Jesus... I mean, it is several pages of Bible references concerning our Lord, all the way from the book of Genesis, all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. Um, you, can, you can see Christ. And, uh, you know, uh, he was born like we are. Uh, he lived a life like we live, except one difference, without sin. And, you know, we, hey, the best we can do, we cannot live without being in sin. I mean, it's just a known fact. We are going to sin. The Bible says if we say we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar, and the truth, that is, Jesus doesn't live in us. We don't do it on purpose. We, we just, the devil sees to it that we're caught up in these traps, in these, the Bible speaks of snares, and it's traps that the devil sets for us so we will fall into that trap. And first thing you know, we're caught. You know, there's a mouse in the house. Okay, let's go to your house and my house. There's a mouse there somewhere. You know, when I, I built our house, I, in my mind... With the wife I have, I must build this house rat-proof. Fat change. We set traps. We put out poison. Sometimes I think it just makes them fatter. You know, I try to get up first. <laughs> make my way around and make sure there's not one done eat some poison and decide to get, have a heart attack during the night. Out in the middle of the floor where we're going to walk. You know, that's my job, my responsibility. But the devil is the same way. You know, there's not only a mouse in the house, but there's Satan. He, he goes home with a lot of us. In fact, he comes to church with a lot of us. He gets in cars with a lot of us. We're arguing, we're fussing over different things, and, and especially this time of year, well, what, what you going to get? So Well, I don't know what to get. I don't know what I got them last year. Uh, somebody said, how do you keep all that straight? I don't. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> you give me the same thing last year. Good, enjoy it. Go sell it. Do something uh, with it. Uh, Lynn's brother in Atlanta, every year I can look for a coat. Quilted jacket coat. They never have given me one like another one. 
Not one. I probably got eight or ten. Every one of them's different. I try to give the, the boys and the grandsons case pocket knives. They say, how you keep them giving them the same? I said, well, they ain't said nothing yet. You know? Uh, but we give gifts. And when we think uh, uh, into the future, uh, the wise men, it was several years past his birth, they came, they brought gifts. Gifts is in order, okay? And we should, when we think about giving gifts, we all, if we want to really give and, and, and be blessed of God, give to somebody who can't give it back. You know, go, go find somebody. Say, hey, I want to take you out to eat, or I want to give you this gift card, and no strings attached. You don't have to pay anything back. It's, it's something we want to do, okay? Christmas is relevant. It is, it is a reality. But thirdly, uh, the reason for Christmas um, why did he come? He come to die on the cross for you and me. And uh, he didn't stay in the manger. He went to the cross. He laid his life down for you and for me. And that love is found in John three sixteen. Simply said, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus as a baby. He grew up. He became a man. He went to the cross. He died. That if anybody would believe that, and accept that and invite the Lord Jesus through the Holy Spirit of God into your heart, you can be saved. And that's the greatest gift that God could ever give is to give his son Jesus and to have us give ourselves back to him. You want to give God something? Give him your life. Uh, Luke says, for unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Well, the last thing I want to talk about is result of Christmas. Well, when I think about our world today, the result of Christmas will be big debts. A lot of folk go in debt heavily. Oh, they want to do this and that for the kids. I didn't have nothing when I was coming up, and I want to give it to my kids. And they go, and they buy, and they spend, and they credit card this and credit card that. And, and then the result of Christmas, here comes the bills. And uh, we, you know, we, we need to be in control of that. We don't need to overload ourselves to the point that we can't enjoy the, ho- the holidays after we celebrate his birth. So what does it mean uh, it, to say that Jesus is Lord? The result of Christmas is Jesus needs to be Lord of our life. We do that by, first of all, acknowledging that God the Father sent the only Son He had to this world, and believe in everything is that everything is under His control. He is in charge. It doesn't matter whether we hurt or don't hurt. It doesn't matter. He is in control. If you're saved, He is in control of you, or supposed to be. And so, whatever comes our way, we must accept that as the will of God at that point and that time, and deal with it. You know, we can't sweep it uh, under the rug. Uh, we, d- we need to deal with it. You see, nothing escapes his care. Nothing escapes his concern. Nothing ever surprises him like the shepherds were surprised. Hey, all of a sudden, here is an angel. Here is a, the skies full of angels of the heavenly hosts 
praising God and saying, hey, singing and giving God the glory. And was, it was so audible and so awesome to them. They said, hey, let's go see this thing which has come to pass. They, nowhere in the scripture do you see the shepherds doubting, well, it's too far. Who's going to do this? They said, let's go see. You and I, we need to go see. See what's out there concerning Christmas. And there's that, uh, as we think, we acknowledge and believe, but we also need to commit. Not only to commit our, our life to him, but to commit it to each other. You know, where we work, where we hang out, what we do. What will you do tomorrow? Will you buy somebody a cup of coffee? Will you offer them a donut? You know, a lot of people sitting around, they, they are waiting on somebody. And if you buy them a cup of coffee, that ought to give you an opportunity to say, hey, are you ready for Christmas? And listen to their story. Are you ready for Christmas? Well, I haven't done all my shopping yet. Well, are you ready for Jesus? You know, we need to get that shopping deal done because he is coming. Um, and because he is, he wants to be in control of everything going on. Don't you listen? There is no problem too great because Jesus is Lord. When we're discouraged, Jesus is Lord. When we're worried, and we do worry, the Bible teaches that worry is a sin, but we worry. There's a fine line between worry and being concerned. So when you worry or being concerned, Jesus is Lord. When you're afraid, you don't know what's going to happen to our loved ones, whether they're going to be here this Christmas or not, Jesus is Lord. When you can't go on, you feel like, hey, I've done all I can. Jesus is Lord. When we're grieving over the loss of loved ones, Jesus is Lord. You know, sometimes people that live alone find themselves lonely. But Jesus is Lord. So what makes Christmas so special is Jesus is Lord. I think about the candy cane. I should have brought one with me. You know, the candy cane, when it's held upright with a crook at the top, it's like the shepherd's staff. But you turn it over, it's a, it's a J, stands for Jesus. The red's his blood, the white's his purity. And the Bible talks about taste. You and I, you, you know, when you taste of, there's no question about it. If you were blindfolded and people put a piece of, candy cane in your mouth, you write off, hey, that's peppermint or whatever flavor that is because of your taste buds. The Bible talks about us tasting good to those around us. What kind of taste do we put in people's mouth? Uh, you know, it'll, it'll shock us sometimes when people say, oh, they don't have good taste. You know, meaning, hey, they, their attitude might have not have been right. Or they might have been discouraging instead of encouraging and so when we think about Christmas, what's so special about it? Jesus is Lord. And that's why we have Christmas. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for allowing us to be in your house tonight. Again, I ask you, Lord, to bless every home that's represented. Take our folk home safely tonight. And whatever shopping is, needs to be finished up, God, give them the time. Give them the patience to go through this. Bless our little children. Uh, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for the opportunity to, uh, to serve you. And Lord, it's not what First Baptist can do for me, but what can I do uh, for First Baptist. Lord, I pray that you bless now in this invitation time. Uh, whatever decision someone needs to make, Lord, give them courage to come tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.